you're about to enter the town of Brindlewood Bay. This small coastal town looks very much like any other in New England, full of kitschy stores and little shops, all designed to catch the eye of the hundreds of tourists who visit year-round. Imagine autumn leaves rustling in the crisp fall wind, summers filled with endless ice cream and laughter, winters made for holiday movies. Many of the residents have spent their entire lives in Brindlewood Bay, their families present at its founding. It's the very definition of idyllic. But its perfection is only a veneer. Six women, in the twilight of their lives, meet each week to bond over their shared love of mystery novels. But all is not as it seems, and these women will soon find themselves at the heart of a mystery all their own, because Brindlewood Bay is a home to many dark secrets. A world of shadow exists right under the very noses of our murder mavens. They may find the clues to solve the string of murders staining their town, but will they find the clues that unlock the secrets of the void itself? Welcome, friends, to Brindlewood Bay. We are solving murders in real life. I solved a murder last week, guys. In well done. In it Italy. was it was yep in Italy. It was Professor Plum <laughs> on the Italian terrace with the pasta maker. It's very specific with a piece of dry rigatoni. <laughs> with a piece of <laughs> well, the dry is the only one that can kill someone. You can't yeah, just yeah, use it, some sloppy wet rigatoni and it was, it was shoved down if the you're throat and choked. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be surprised what some wet rigatoni can do in the wrong pipe. <laughs> Man, everyone's like, come on, speak for yourself, Steve. We all have skills. And mine are all wet rigatoni based. Like, you'd be surprised what I can do That's with why the wet rigatoni. That's why they call it wet work, right? <laughs> wet work. It's headed exactly where we all could have hoped, right? So Within good. like 10 seconds. Very good. Yeah. Wonderful. Very wonderful. It's the sign um, of a great podcast. Beeline for murder for hire. <laughs> Does uh does anyone have any creepy doll stories? I'm sure one of you has to have at least one creepy doll story. I hope everyone does. At the same time, I hope you don't. I feel conflicted. Uh, I do yeah, have. I've one. got a, I've got a handful. <laughs> okay, so my mom collects dolls, and she collects antiques specifically. And so there are two large. Um, bookcase-like shelf kind of structures that have glass casing around them in um, on the second floor of the house. And then we're on a split level, so I would always come to this landing as a kid at night when I wanted to get a snack out of the fridge. But I would not dare go down the stairs because in order to get down to the kitchen, I had to cross this area where all of the dolls were staring at me. Like, I don't know how many dolls, easily 100 dolls. But the worst oh of the dolls, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of dolls. <laughs> but the worst of the dolls was outside of the cases, sitting in its own little doll-sized rocking chair. As a child, it's about half my size, which is even more terrifying. And it had its hands and feet burnt off. <gasps> and it still had burn marks on it. Like, it had, like, the solid porcelain face, the glazed, like, glassy-looking eyes. One was slightly askew. And this thing had burnt off hands and feet because it had been salvaged from a burning house. No. As an antique. Why? Yeah. Well, that's a thousand percent haunted. Why did your mom buy a, it? 
Exactly. I don't even know how it came into her possession. I should get the story. Honestly, we should follow up. <laughs> it was just in the house one day. Yeah, oh, no, that's the worst. Don't even speak that into my life. Yeah. What doll are you talking about, Steve? <laughs> we never had that doll. It shows up in my next apartment. <laughs> yeah. But this thing was honestly the worst of them. Terrifying. And the way it was positioned further in the room the window, like the moonlight, would actually fall on. It was perfect and the worst thing ever. Um, So there were times that I did not muster the courage as like a seven or eight-year-old to like go down the stairs and get like food out of the fridge. So maybe that's why they left it there. It worked. (laughs) I should try that with Rio. I'll stick some creepy doll outside of his room. (laughs) (laughs) So just pure drama. I should scar my child. That's what we just started saying. (laughs) Did you know that your wife went through an American Girl doll phase? I did know that Abby went through an American Girl doll phase, yes. Some of the worst times of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Explain. Uh, Just seeing those things around. Didn't, didn't, did not. Did she make you wear the outfits, Danny? Yeah. Barely fit in them. (laughs) Because they were made for dolls, Danny. No, I just, I, I, they, dolls just creep me out, man. Talked about this last week. I especially hated the automatic opening eyes when you position them upright. Oh, terrifying! Yes. Yeah, this. It's, oh, that's them, real like, for sure. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, yeah, because they're, they're like their eyes are like on. I don't know how. So like, if you have them like laying down, then they're closed. But then when you lift them up, their eyes open because they're like weighted somehow, and they should not be like that. No, no, that's the that's the soul <laughs> inside of the doll. Yeah, it's the soul well, that um. It's the soul that, of a um, child. Yes. <laughs> It's a, it's the souls that Chanel Brown trapped in those dolls. <laughs> well, this one's not quite a doll story, and I luckily was not the one to experience it. Um, but like back in like the '90s, when me and my sister were like elementary school, we were visiting our grandfather for a break or something. Um, one night, he got up and he just like heard a voice saying something. Like he, he actually, he swears that it said like say something or like something to that effect uh-huh. and he just like he grabbed the knife and started like looking around for it like trying to figure out where this voice is coming from and it turned out to be one of our tobogachis oh, <laughs> oh. oh, oh that's my really goodness. funny that's a show of hands anybody who's walked through your house with a knife just in case something crazy was out there <laughs> Me, I me, I, me, yeah, I think okay. I have to. Yeah. Okay, everyone but Nikki all and Monroe. The, all of the guys just yeah. yeah. We all we need knives. Get a knife. <laughs> yeah. My mom, my mom taught all Must of us kids that um, if we're ever suspicious going into the house at night, we should slam open the door and yell, "I have a gun!" and just <laughs> run around throughout the house yelling that <laughs> until you're sure that no one's in there. Danny, your mom's uh, tactic for dealing with the supernatural in her house is my favorite tactic ever. The last she time just, I went to Florida. She just yells first. Yeah, she tries to scare. She tries to scare what's we scared. We were watching a spooky movie, and she said, guys, if you ever experience, maybe like there's like a ghost or a demon in your house, say this. And word for word, I quote, she said, say the name of Jesus, and they shoot out. Yes, they do. That's all she said. Shoot out. That's what she yes, said. And they shoot she out. Said, Say the name of Jesus and they'll shoot out. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you have tried this or would like to try this, please let us know. Send us send us your your methods of dealing with the supernatural too. Yeah. yeah. Do they shoot out? Do they shoot out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, on here, John. Oh, man. 
Yeah. I okay. So I gotta say two things. First of all, I wasn't insinuating that Abby made just made made Danny wear doll size clothes. <laughs> the American Girl doll store. You could buy matching outfits, outfits. so you could oh wear the God. same dress. It's just as much your doll. funnier to imagine like Danny in the little tiny doll outfits. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, but I I lived in a house from the time I was ten until I was sixteen. That was like crazy, crazy, crazy stuff happened all the time. And for for years, my parents always acted like we were ridiculous for talking about the stuff that was happening in the house. And then as soon as we moved out of that house, my parents were like, oh, yeah, crazy stuff happened all the time. Uh, so that was weird. But my sister's room was at the base of a set of stairs that led up to mine and my brother's rooms. I mean, my, my brother and I both had rooms in what was technically the attic, but it was like redone and everything so that our bedrooms were up there. My so I just walk past my sister's room and almost every day I would be the first one home from school. Both my parents worked, so I was the home alone. And I would walk past my sister's room to go up to my room. And at least three of her dolls, never the same set, would be just in the doorway of her room, just like sitting there when I would go up to my room. Hmm. It would always freak me out. But the worst part was that when I would come downstairs, they wouldn't be there anymore. And I'm still the only one home. Yeah. It happened Terrifying. every day for six years. Terrifying. How are you alive? <laughs> what? <laughs> how are you just gonna? Say, how, are what? You, how are you sane? Right it's amazing now. what you can uh, learn how to deal with when you're a kid who can't decide where you live. True. True, man. You know, you should have had Danny's mom. She would have. She would have. <laughs> if only. If only. She probably would have kicked those dolls. They would have like, shot out of there. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they would have shot out. Real shot, fast. Shot she would have said, "Jesus!" <laughs> they would have just. <laughs> Shout out. They do. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Can you, uh, I guess I could text her too. I want to know if I was to say Jesus or any of the like, like uh, Joshua. Joshua is technically Jesus. The, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Say Josh. Any, any Josh. variation of the name. <laughs> hey, Josh. <laughs> Would that You're work? Wondering if it would work? Huh? Yeah, I'm wondering if I say if I shout Joshua, if that would work as well. Like if I'm surprised, I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Do you think that'll work? Uh, you know, it might. <laughs> it might. <laughs> we it might. might be offending our religious <laughs> listeners. Oh, no. We 100 percent are. 100% are. <laughs> Maybe we'll just Your mom thought. didn't say how to use Jesus's name. Just to True. yell it out. Just, just <laughs> okay. It. Yeah, use it in vain. Use it's it not in vain. Just use it. <laughs> the ghost don't care. The ghost shoot out. Yes, they do. The ghost don't care. Hopefully not. Yes, they do. If you use it in vain, you might end up with some really cool ghosts. <laughs> if cool, is <laughs> what you seek. That's funny. Good stuff. Well, um, we got a we got a murder to solve in the there town of Brindlewood Bay. What? Or two? <laughs> we'll see what happens what? to these who NPCs. Else, who else died, Danny? <laughs> I thought there's only one body. You said a murder or two. <laughs> what? No, I said we have a murder to solve. Somebody oh. else said or two, and I thought <laughs> I, it was you. <laughs> I thought you said no. a murder or two. I said. <laughs> I said to solve. I'm gonna check the recording later. <laughs> <laughs> Who said I mean, or two? Slips. Maybe that sounds like slipping, two. Nita. No, I'm not slipping. I'm not slipping. Um, I think we should go over the clues y'all have found first. Well, let's okay. let's recap. So you uh, you're out in the fish market, Sunday fish market, and Maxine is always trying to buy shrimp. 
never can because the owners of the bed and breakfast always buy the shrimp first. But today there's a ton of shrimp. So Maxine's like, well, that's weird. Come to find out that a uh, visiting professor with his three high school students was on a field trip to the Brindle Museum of Brindle Dolls. Uh, his body, the professor's body, was found inside of the museum when it was opened by the curator and a visiting scholar. And now the high school students are being uh, cordoned off and locked down in the bed and breakfast. So that's why they were shrimp, because the owners couldn't come to the fish market today. You're like, oh, I guess we should look into this. You head to the Museum of Brindle Dolls. Uh, the police do not let you in, but Doris sneaks in, finds a couple clues. Eventually you meet and talk to the curator of the museum, Dr. Chanel Brown Willoughby, and she informs you uh, that her and her partner, uh, her companion, a visiting scholar, Dr. Subraman, Subramanian, uh, opened and found the body there this morning, uh, that they've been giving a few lectures to the students and the professor of the last couple days, uh, and that these students should be at the bed and breakfast. I think now would be a good time to uh, review those clues, right? Yeah. We have some clues for the murder. We also have a ton of void clues as well, too. So you, Doris, found a roll of sturdy wire for doll making in the roof, uh, under like behind one of the tiles in the ceiling in the museum. Margaret found a copy of Professor Edwards' latest book, The Modernization of Pastoral America, with its cover ripped off on Dr. Chanel Brown Willoughby's desk in her office. And Bernice found an antique doll with its head broken open at the entrance of the museum. I also found some void clues as well, too. And I should say these are sort of just fun, flavorful stuff because we're only doing one mystery, one murder. Uh, the void clues aren't going to help you solve the void mystery because there isn't going to be a void mystery. But they're just fun. They're just sort of show you the like hint of the deeper conspiracy behind everything. Uh, Margaret had a vision, a dream of herself baking a pie. And when she cut into the pie, instead of being filled with fruit, it was filled with larva and maggots. Uh, Doris saw a painting that had a bunch of woodland critters frolicking. And every time that Doris would look away and look at, at the painting again, another animal was dead. And then last but not least, uh, Bernice found uh, a ticket that looked like it was a ticket to the Museum of Brindle Dolls. But it said the Museum of, and then a bunch of like lines that were not words at all. It was just like an unprocessable amount of information. Bernice couldn't even like decipher what it was. And it had a picture of a doll hanging by a noose. Now, I think this would also be a good time to to go over the theorized move. Um, I'm not saying you should do this now, but I think this seems like a good time to go over it because you found some clues. So the theorized move is what you're going to use eventually to 
decide who you think the murderer is. Tell me who you think the murderer is. So when you, the mavens, when your characters have an open and freewheeling discussion about the solution to a mystery based on the clues that you've uncovered and you reach a consensus, you roll plus the number of clues incorporated into the theory or otherwise explained away minus the mystery's complexity. This mystery's complexity is six. So if you were to roll the theorized move now, you found three clues. The mystery's complexity is six. You'd be rolling 2d6 minus three. So you probably want a few more clues before you decide to theorize. But if you're feeling gambly, you could always theorize, I guess, if you want to. Any questions? Any uh, concerns? I have an open door policy. You can just you can just hop in. And tell me if there's any issues. So go on your performance review. <laughs> I can't. I can't do another one of those. Come on, please. <laughs> Nick, your last one was was poor, and uh, I'm really hoping really to see some improvement from you this yeah. this time around. So I hear that a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your display of efficiency in the workplace has shown to be lacking. <laughs> Your lack I think of I'm good. Faith, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> Sorry for <laughs> interrupting your no, quote. No, you're good. No, you're good. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Disturbing. Lack of faith in the force is disturbing. I find your lack. Anyway. Yeah. Did right. the sheriff yeah. say that? Like, get it right. Sorry. <laughs> uh, every time Justin quotes something time. on the show, it's wrong. It wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, now I have to keep it's it in there. Theme. <laughs> yep. You have, to, you have to keep up that um that theme. Now. It's, it's the performance anxiety. It's that performance anxiety. That's what it is. That's what I'll say it is. It's not that I just don't know things. I can't be it. <laughs> I can't be it. <laughs> All right, so we're going to the better market. Yes, you are being <laughs> escorted by Sheriff Noah Clayton to the bed and breakfast where he has the high school students. Uh, you've just gotten done with uh, looking around the museum proper. Um, I will say, too, as you're sort of being escorted out, uh, you all see uh, off to the side of the main galley of the museum, there's like another building and you can see into the window there's like a gift shop and um there's just a like in the window of the gift shop is a gruff squinty-eyed man wearing like red and brown flannel and like worn beige pants and he's just mad dogging the six of you as you're being led away by the sheriff Doris stares right back at him and matches his squint. And it's a squint off. This, as they're walking, Doris just keeps eye contact. Maybe he like bump. Maybe she like bumps into someone in front of her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably Bernice. It's me. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say. It's me. It's <laughs> what are you doing? He looks around, looks at her. It's like I'm. What, how how high do you think she is exactly? Like, would she hit her like right in the bum or like well, lower back or something? I was gonna say, how much of that perfume did you smell? <laughs> I didn't smell. We didn't smell it, right? I was very <laughs> careful. Stop it, Doris. <laughs> um, she probably is like just above, like 
waist level, maybe like mm. six inches above waist level to you. Is he still staring at us? Yeah, he's just staring at you as you leave. Why was he allowed in? I'm getting to feel like we were targeted specifically. Yes, yes, Sheriff. Doris, do you know who that man is? Uh, yes. I mean, you would all know. That's, uh, that's Bill Thimbley, the security guard for the museum, uh, the Museum of Brindle Dolls. Is, is Bill always typically this, um, this... Chipper. I guess, like, yeah. He always, <laughs> yes. He yes, is. this is pretty Still par. This vivacious. Pretty par for course for Bill. Maybe it might do well to question Bill at some point, uh, being the security guard at the museum. Uh, oh, if you must. I don't think there's much to do there. I'm sure we're all used to men looking at us, after all. Now, Sheriff, <laughs> uh, that, that question. Yeah, the uh, students, yes? At the bed and breakfast. Didn't someone just ask him a question, though? I forget what it was. Did someone ask me a question? We just, yeah, we asked him a question. Uh, shoot. Is it, why do I keep letting the six of you investigate murders in any way, shape, or form? I don't remember it quite like that. Right? Because we're... That one's an easy question to answer anyway. We're better at your job than you are. That's not true. <laughs> I've solved dozens of murders. I'm very good at my job. This was, we've solved three correctly. You have stumbled into the answer to three murders, yes. He seems jealous. Yes. No, what jealousy doesn't become you, dear. Green's not a good color on you. That's give you an idea for how his painting. He looks down <laughs> and uh, the Brindlewood Bay uniforms for the police are all green. He's like, man, fine, okay. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Uh, and he leads you to the bed and breakfast. Uh, it's this quaint little building on a hill uh, right by the sea. You can you can hear the waves like crashing against it below. You can the salt air is like hitting you in the face as the waves crash. And um, yeah, you walk in, and uh, the seaside bed and breakfast is just this wonderful little college cottage with an incredible view. Uh, and they're known for their lovely shrimp croissants. Um, it's a, a, a delicacy. Uh, you'd think it sounds kind of weird, but uh, they they put a nice like roux inside of the croissant as well, too, alongside the shrimp. It's really tasty, actually. Um Professor Edwards has rented out all of the rooms for his class. Uh, and as you walk in, you see uh, Mr. and Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Hendricks. They are the owners of the bed and breakfast um, and no one else. But you do see some evidence in this main hall, this main room area that suggests the students recently had an illicit little party. What is that evidence? Red Solo Cup. You fill me up. They had a party. Forrest they had a party. <laughs> For anything else? There's like little bits of like Sharpie graffiti on, on parts of the wall. <laughs> It's like a brick that's been thrown through the window. Okay, well, that would maybe 
that would maybe be a little noticeable, I think, to <laughs> most people. Where everything else, you could kind of be like, "Oh yeah, there's like a red solo cup that was missed." There's like where- there's unconscious teenagers riddling the floor. <laughs> <laughs> there's only three total. No, those are those are actually uh, normally there. Oh, the teens, yeah, yeah, the unconscious teens on the floor are normally oh, no. normally there. <laughs> I think maybe yeah, some like red solo cups that maybe the Hendrixes forgot to <laughs> clean up. Uh, Bernice is gonna grab one of those cups and drink whatever is inside. <laughs> oh, one way to one way to test it. Uh, Bernice, yeah. y- there is a, a single red solo cup like under table, like it was missed, uh, and it's mm-hmm. sitting up, and it's got like a sloshy brown liquid in it. And she still drinks it. Yeah, she drinks it. And <laughs> it's, it's Happy up. Dad seltzer mixed with Malort. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> that sounds... Teenagers do not know how to make drinks. Teenagers do not know how to make drinks, okay? <laughs> Bernice, uh, I would like for you to roll the day move. Uh, you're definitely doing something risky right now. Uh, name what you're afraid will happen if you fail or lose your nerve and then roll with the appropriate ability. Uh, I'm afraid I will have to use the bathroom right after Uh, this. Okay. I'm going to use... (laughs) Okay, so for the listeners, there's vitality, composure, reason, presence, and sensitivity. I think I'm going to roll with... This isn't reasonable, but I feel like this is probably a... Vitality might... It might be vitality. Yeah, I was thinking either vitality or presence. Presence is your your ability to, like, talk to people, socially gather things. Like your charisma. Okay, got it. So, yeah, I'm going to go with vitality then. Probably vitality. It's an eight, so it's partial. So on a partial success, <laughs> uh, your actions would leave you vulnerable and you can choose to back down or go through with it. A little bit of this liquid hits your mouth and immediately it is some of the worst alcohol you have ever tasted in your entire life. And from what you've put down and I'm picking up, there's very little alcohol that Bernice does not enjoy. You are correct. Uh this is literally the worst thing you've ever drank in your entire life. Uh, it is definitely the drink of someone who is just trying to get drunk and does not care at all for taste. Um, I think should you continue to go through with this, you know what? Should you continue to go through with this? You will have to mark the condition tipsy. So this is a revolting taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't want to be drunk, so I'm gonna have to back down. I think I'm just gonna spit it out to the side, and then I'll uh, hand it to Eleanor. Say, <laughs> try this. You might like it. You know, I only drink things that I make, Bernice. That's why I'm still alive, and why you are a disheveled, mangled remaining. Well, I'll stop there. Let's keep it civil. <clears throat> Uh, Mrs. Hendrick uh, sees you spit it out and goes, Oh, sorry, dear. Did I miss that when I was cleaning up earlier? Here, give it to me. I'll take it. We ought to uh, examine this 
and uh, Dr. Schwab takes a little bit of it and pours it into a vial that she pulls out of her pocketbook. I mean, I guess I just assumed it was the students. You are aware there is an investigation underway. I haven't been able to leave. Then you are aware. Yes. This is potential evidence. All right. I won't question you at all. Um, but we will question you. Do you know anything about this murder? Uh, about the murder? No. Um, it's sad. Dr. Doctor Edwards was, he was a lovely man. I, we've just been here. We just run run the shop here. Um, He's been staying here, hasn't he? I yeah, he's been staying here. Yeah, um, trying to, or like, are you wondering if there's anything like creepy that's been going on, or just weird with him, or? Actually, yes. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, Maxine, why don't you roll a meddling move and tell me what you think? Uh, think makes sense for the stat to use there. Um, okay. I guess I'm trying to figure out... Well, she did offer, like, anything weird or um, creepy about it, so I would think sensitivity. Maybe sensitivity. You So, Maxine thinks... A presence, I think, is a good one. Yeah. Okay. Sensitivity is almost exclusively the, like, weird and creepy. Got you. Uh, all right, a four. Oh, uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> There's an ear-piercing scream that comes from one of the rooms. Mrs. Hendricks is unable to answer your question as her and her husband rush up stairs. And when they come back out, there's a white, pale face look on their face, both of their faces. And Mrs. Hendricks just goes, Mary's been killed. The child? The student, yeah. Mary? Yes. Dreadful what? business, this. What happened? Oh, my. This is why I never let any of the teachers do a field trip without a second chaperone. That's very smart. Step aside, good please. Thing we're here. We should uh, go investigate this. Yeah, I think we all march upstairs. Everyone agreed? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we just go. Yeah. Anyone have a weapon? I draw out the per- perfume. <laughs> I have my sketchbook to hit someone with. I was just going to say, I turn the volume on my megaphone up all the way, and I have my <laughs> f- finger poised over the siren. But- Doris takes the binoculars yes. off from around her neck and starts swinging them like a flail. <laughs> Like spinning them around. (laughs) Uh, You walk up into the room and uh, the window is open and Mary is sitting at a desk. Her body just slumped over the desk chair. Mary, are you okay? Dr. Shrub cautiously walks forward and taps her on the shoulder. And the head just sort of lulls to the side. They were right. What did we notice, Justin? Anything peculiar? What are you... Tell me what you're doing, what you're looking for. 
I'm looking for anything imminent around her body, anything immediate that could have harmed her. Sounds like you're meddling. All right, here goes. Meddle away, Steve. I will meddle. And do I choose what I roll on that as a stat? I think yes. This is reason. I think reason makes sense. Oh. Okay, we've got <laughs> a five. <laughs> Your reaction, keeper. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, what you did not see, Eleanor, is that as you were walking up towards Mary's body. There was a tripwire connected to a handgun with a single bullet. Wow. That buries itself into Eleanor Schwab. Oh. As you all see, what? Eleanor's blood pour out. And now this is a good time to put on a crown if you want to. Oh, great. <laughs> All I did was walk over. <laughs> Personally, Doris would not like this timeline. <laughs> Bernice is kind of smiling because uh, Eleanor was kind of being a little. You've had too much to drink if you're if you're gloating right now. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. I'm just saying Bernice was smiling. I know a little, a little satisfaction, just a, tiny bit. just a little bit, a little bit of a little bit of justice. Yeah. It's called karma. Oh, Wait, this God. is really happening. I was, I thought, I, I wasn't expecting. <laughs> let's, let's get into for the listeners. Yeah, yes, what are the crown scenes? What the crowns are. So I am. It tells you the GM when you read this game. It says go as hard as you want. One of my reactions to a miss is to kill a maven, and the reason I can make such a hard move is because you have the ability to put on a crown. You have two crown sections. You've got the crown of the queen and the crown of the void. If you choose to put on a crown, uh, then what we have just seen doesn't happen. Uh, we saw an alternate future, a, a different timeline in which uh, Eleanor gets shot by this device. Uh, but if Eleanor puts on a crown, then we, uh, we narrate the scene as if it was one step up. So your miss becomes a, a seven to nine. A partial success. Now, you like I said, you have two sections. You have the queen, crown of the queen and the crown of the void. The crown of the queen, if you choose to mark a scene in that section, you're going to narrate a, a sort of like a flashback scene from Eleanor Schwab's life. Um, usually something that has to do with her being a, a mother or a partner or a, a, a woman. Uh, something from uh, her life. Usually something that she... Uh, regrets or something that made her happy, something like that. If you choose to put on the crown of the void, uh, those are the more creepier things. Um, you certainly can do that. It starts to push the narrative into creepier places. Um, so, Dr. Eleanor Schwab, what crown would you like to put on? Okay. All right, I've got it. So I will put on the crown of the queen and I will do a flashback of my fondest memory with my late partner. So you see a much younger Dr. Schwab in the den where we've already seen tea time, uh, but the tea table is not there uh, and neither are any of the jars that were lining the walls and the bookshelves from before 
it's a much happier home. Uh, there's more lights on, uh, more candles out, and there's lovely music playing on an old record player. And Dr. Schwab is less tense than she is characteristically, and she's actually dancing uh, with someone. And she says, uh, why do you always make me do this, Rocky? You enjoy it, Eleanor. <laughs> oh, watch, watch that. Be light on your feet. Uh, you always say that. Yes, you, you should listen to me more often. Just look down here and there, and you'll trip less often. Be careful. And then we cut. And we cut back to Dr. Eleanor Schwab starting to approach this body. And you look down at your feet just like Rocky told you to do. Right before you hit a tripwire, you stop and you see that it's connected to a single handgun pointed directly at you. What in the cursed coastline is going on here? What, what do you mean? What do you see? Everyone sees it at this point, please, right? Well, it's, um, <laughs> There's a gun in the room, Doris. Dor- Doris can't see past everyone. She's not tall enough. She's like peeking around like, what what does she see? Dr. Schwab steps backward and spreads out her arms as though to prevent anyone from stepping too far forward into the tripwire. I will say too, you see a phone on the desk and you know that there's probably something really helpful on that phone. So you avoid the tripwire to pick it up and it is passcode locked. You talking to me or are you talking about everybody? I am talking to you, Dr. Eleanor Schwab, because your meddling is now a seven to nine. Oh, okay. The clue is uh, this photo or video that is going to be on this phone. However, it is locked. Mm-hmm. And you will need to find some way to get into the phone. Does this seem to be Mary's phone? It was near her? It was near her. It's a decent assumption at this point. Yeah. Wait, what's the wallpaper? Oh, it's uh, a bunch of uh, bears that are uh, coming out of their caves uh, trying to find uh, honey. It's super cute. Is the trap still there? Mm-hmm. Is it, it's, do we know yeah. that it's there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, everyone can see the gun and the tripwire now that I've, you know, stepped does, back. Does and- anyone have scissors or a blade? Do we want this gun going off? Maybe we should move the gun. It, that's why I want to cut the line first, so it doesn't. Otherwise, we're just going to pull it taut and set the trap off. Doctor Schwab looks through the desk, pushing Mary's dead body aside, jealously, <laughs> <laughs> and and pulls a drawer open. It falls in the chair no! and shoots Stop you again. <laughs> <laughs> Put on another crown. Put on another crown. <laughs> and grabs goes scissors out of the desk. <laughs> yeah, you find some scissors in the desk, and. Uh, cut the uh, the rope and the the tripwire goes slack and gun does not go off we're very lucky that it was an attention situation because <laughs> then it would have just fired if we had cut it that's what I, that's exactly what better, I was thinking better to about. grab the gun in those situations future reference <laughs> if you ever run into a gun trap listeners <laughs> if you ever run into a gun trap don't cut it Honestly, get just get out gun. of there. If you ever run into a room with a gun yeah, trap, just leave. True. Turn around yeah, and just leave. Go the other way. <laughs> yeah, probably just leave. It's not where you should be. You have as much experience <laughs> as the um. You may have made an incorrect decision in your life. <laughs> and somewhere, somewhere, you took a left, then you should have taken a right. And... 
where is the gun set up in the room? It would it was like under the desk, which is why like immediately upon walking in, you didn't see it. Does Doctor Schwab point out the phone to everybody else, or yes, is she? Um, so then, does it have a like a fingerprint sensor, or even like a face ID to unlock? Face ID, like could we use biometrics to open this? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask that immediately upon saying i was like oh this is the complication for this clue i was like well in the modern days we just use our face and our thumbprints to unlock phones um we also use numbers i see numbers uh i mean not unless it doesn't belong to her um minero knows exactly where i'm going with it uh (laughs) it does it does look like it can take face id or thumbprint do you suggest this? You the dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think we should try and use the biometrics on this phone and, and see if it uh, recognizes the girl. Dr. Schwab looks at you with what might be the slightest hint of admiration, but it's indiscernible. <laughs> Bernice nods and takes another sip of her wine. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm watching. Goes over to the body and uh, pulls back Mary's hair. She has not entered rigor mortis, correct? She has not entered rigor mortis, no. Yeah. And I uh, show the phone to her face. Does it unlock? Buzzes, it does not unlock. Maybe you have to fix her face. Make her look happy. I'll pull her cheeks up so she's smiling. <laughs> I prefer rotary phones anyway. Anyone else have <laughs> ideas? Wait, okay, Justin, if the face doesn't work, it doesn't automatically go to like a code? Uh, yes, it does. Yeah. All right, so um, as Bernice, I'm going to tell Ele- Eleanor to try it again until the, the code comes up. Yes, it seems we need four digits. Yep, it's a four digit code. Try one, two, three, four. We could be here all day trying combinations. <laughs> tilt it, tilt one, it in one, the light one, and one. see if you can see the oil from fingerprints on any spots that line up better. Bernice nods again and takes another. <laughs> While they're yeah. doing this, I'm going to look over whatever she had on the desk to see if there's any sort of thing that she was studying. Uh, outside of outside of the phone, uh, there's not a whole lot of interesting things on this desk. You can tell that she was reading uh, uh you can actually see the Doctor uh, Professor Edwards' latest book here as well, too. The uh, she was reading it? Twilight. She's reading Twilight. Yep. She's a huge Stephanie Meyer fan. No, this one was a good student, very interested in American studies. Come yes. on. Yeah, Mary was reading <laughs> the book that you also saw on uh, Doctor Chanel Brown Willoughby's desk, the Modernization of Pastoral America by Professor James Edwards. Um, she's, you know, has like a, a highlighter next to it and looked like she had been highlighting some notes and she has like a notebook that she was taking notes on the, the reading material on. Did the last one have a missing cover? Mm-hmm. The last one Covered did have a missing off, cover. Partially. And this one has a cover, correct? Correct. What is on the cover? Uh, the part that was missing was the name. Uh, so you can see. see now it says the modernization of pastoral America. It's got like a picture of like a verdant green forest. And then at the bottom it says written by Professor James Edwards. Okay. 
Gotcha. So only part of the cover was missing on the other. Okay. Correct. The name. Gotcha. All right. Where were we? Ah, uh, yes. Oil on the phone. We all huddle around the phone together and hold it up to the light and angle it. Uh, it is... You are not able to ascertain. It's like riddled Maybe. with fingerprints and there's like yeah. s- like splots of like alcohol on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should see if the other students knew how to get in her phone. Why don't we check their faces? Right? I mean, so the only person who could have killed her is still in this hotel. It's It's been locked down. But the we just gotta show the open. phone at their face on the second floor. How they get in? Climb. They get out. Sure. I look um, down. Is there just like a ladder there? <laughs> I don't know how many people just there's climb a ladder sheer there, walls. And there's still someone climbing down the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, there he is. <laughs> Dang it! You caught me. <laughs> I take the gun. I'm like, stop. <laughs> The window yeah, is open, Dustin. The window is open, yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, the window's open. So what do we I, see Am I incorrect in saying that this is the second floor? I assumed that, I guess. I it is. No, it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not like 80 feet up in the air. Like, someone could probably pretty easily climb up and climb back out. Even so, with the window being open, the assumption that the person is still in the building, why would they go out the window and stay in the building? Makes you no open sense. the window to make us think that they left. But realistically, nobody could have gotten in without... I don't think that know. that is a realistic assumption at all. And if there's anything we've learned, it's that we can't just assume that people aren't going to climb when they want to kill. You do remember last month, don't you, Oni? Mm. The climbing killer? Anyway. Yes, yes, I, yes, I, what do you see out the window, Oni? What do I see out the window? Do I see anything? You're blind. The peoples are crushed. No, no. So bird outside. Did you see the climbing cover? Yeah, that was last month. We're 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 past that. You, um, you don't see any people out there. You do see uh, that this window faces the cliff, so you can see into Brindlewood Bay. It's a beautiful day outside. You know, the sun is actually starting to set at this point. It's getting a little bit closer towards night. I don't see nothing. Like, like, Come on. But if you look straight down, is there like an unconscious body the of the killer? I the bushes were crushed under, uh, like, <laughs> below it. Are the you, bushes crushed you below You didn't it? point that out, so I the assume that are, there is nothing of interest down no, there. The bushes are not crushed below. Nothing means out, nothing, like Doris. <laughs> Stop being paranoid. You see like someone flying. You see a man flying away if you look up. Let's go Doris, check the, please. Other, the other people's faces on the phone. Yes, we have two other students to check. Let's get to them before they die. <laughs> what do you mean, <laughs> check their smart. faces? <laughs> with the phone. What are you <laughs> talking about? Walk around with what? The phone. <laughs> what is confusing here? <laughs> why would their phone? Why would their faces open her phone? It may is not it be her phone. It's not her phone. It's could. It, it's probably There's so many wild phone. assumptions being made here. It's insane. We it didn't open it because she's dead. Multiple times. Mary might not be That's the only girl who keeps her a family of Her face is still the same, Utani. though. No. No, it's just not. It's not the same face. Is your face like Has mangled or something? Mauled? Yeah. Dead, uh, your dead face does not open your <laughs> uh, face ID anymore. It's been tested. 
That's oh, crazy really? cool. Oh my that gosh. Is, that is very interesting. Wow. I don't believe that. Uh, okay. I, not that I don't believe you. I don't I'm believe whatever. Sorry. I, I... That's why Bernice said to make her look happy. <laughs> like she's alive. Uh, I left my epinephrine at home. <laughs> How interesting. I think Johnny's. I mean, I'm not like reading all these articles, but from it's it's a really huh. really similar concept. It's because the way that you're like yeah. the face looks when you're alive. It's, it's the same conceptually, the same reason that making a really really solid, uh, like 3D printed mask of a person that How looks exactly like them to the human eye won't work either. <sighs> That's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I'm sure detective someone detective button detective on the job. Um, Oh. Do you read an inordinate number of tech articles? That's fascinating. Wow. Well, uh, Margaret probably wouldn't know that. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think I any of you would know that. <laughs> uh, but uh, certainly interesting for, for us and the listeners to know. Um, yeah. What, uh, what do you do? You go, to, go to the other children in the house if we can. I yeah, think it's worth checking if it's if it's not Mary's phone. It may not be Mary's phone, so checking with the children might be a decent next course of action. Does it require all six of us? Yes, let's all hold on to the phone, phone at the same time and just hold it up in front of us while we yeah. find the you other could, kids. You could definitely split up and have you know some people search some other things, for sure. I think Doris will probably stay here in the room with the body. And that's where Bernice will stay. Yeah, I think Margaret would uh, want to use her experience as a high school principal to help uh, gain some leverage in the conversations. Yeah. Yeah, Maxine also wants to talk to the other students. Yeah, absolutely. You could even split them up if you wanted to. I think we'd play some good cop, We have that much cop. power? Much authority? Just... Okay, yeah, I guess. We are older than them. <laughs> you walk out of the room, uh, Maxine and Margaret, and you can see that uh, both uh, uh, a young girl, uh, the girl is wearing uh, completely like a black dress. It's just completely black. Her hair is black. She's got like dark eyeliner and black nail polish on, uh, deep purple lipstick. And the, the boy is wearing like really, really fancy clothes. Um, you can, even from this distance, you can, the two of you can smell like way too much cologne wafting off of him. And they're both have come out of their rooms. Uh, and the boy goes, what was that? Is, is this like normal bed and breakfast where there's like couches like along the hallway and stuff like for whatever totally. reason, like old, totally. old couch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah Totally. I'm going to try and guide them both to like a, a couch and get them to like, s- like invite them to sit, basically uh, s- sit down for a moment. W- would you? Would you just tell me what's going on? I, I think you'll want to be sitting. If you sit down, I'd-, I'd happily tell you. My name is Mrs. Stanton. I don't, I don't want to frighten <sighs> you, but please just have a seat. Fine. And then the girl goes, I don't, I don't, I don't have time. I don't have time. What? Fine. Okay. Fine. Thank, thank you. Thank you. <sighs> David and Angela, right? 
Yes, how do you know that? That's not important right now. What 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 is important is um uh, Maxine watch their faces closely please. Uh, okay. Your friend Mary has passed away. And both of them look so sad. <laughs> do they look surprised? Yeah, no, both of them look surprised. Both of them look surprised. Now, would the two of you mind (gasps) telling me why you conspired to kill her? I'm sorry, what? We didn't kill Mary. Come now, the sooner you admit it, the the easier it'll be on everyone. What are you... I didn't know. And the boy just starts breaking down, crying. I do think he is innocent. No, now, dear. Were you really close to Mary? I mean, we had this class together, and I guess that was pretty much it. That's all the only way you knew her? You didn't hang out with her after class? I mean, I, I really wanted to, if you, you get what I'm, you know? I see, but you did did you have her number or did she have yours? We exchanged numbers, but uh just nothing came about because of it. Um if you're continuing to look at the faces of the two, you can see that as David is talking about this, Angela's face gets a little like contorted. What about you, dear Angela? Were you close to Mary at all? Mm, no, no, not really. In fact, she was, I guess, a rival, I guess. But, like, not as smart as me, so. A rival in class or with other activities? No, mostly just class. Like, she's, can we, how much longer is this going to take? I have to get back. To studying. It will uh, take as long as it takes, dear. Fine, fine. Um, no, just just in class. Did you ever hang out with her outside of class? No, no, we didn't. No, I don't have time to hang out outside of class. What do you not understand? I have to get into Yale. And I can't get into Yale if I'm hanging out with people outside of class. I have a number of good friends who have been professors at Yale who have connections. If you help us with this investigation, I can make sure that some of the right people have their eye on you. Feels like a day move to me. I was going to say, feels like you're... Trying to get something from me. Maybe you're trying to be a little present in this situation. Yeah, I'm guessing you're present. (laughs) When you do something risky or face something you fear, I do think trying to convince a high school student to, to tell them what you want to know is, is maybe a little risky. Um, name what you are afraid will happen if you fail or lose your nerve and then roll with the appropriate ability. Uh, I'm afraid that she will kind of see through what we're doing and uh, the conversation kind of stops here. We don't get anything else. Absolutely. That sounds great. What are you rolling with? Uh, presence. Okay. Go for it. Because that's like the... Like convince people stuff, right? Yeah, ten. I rolled a ten. Okay. 
Uh, on a 10 plus, you do what you intend to or um, describe what it looks like. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else that uh, that she adds. She just, I think she at this point kind of <laughs> slowly, a little bit painfully crouches down. So she's on eye level with uh, with them. Uh, and uh, you can see like uh, Angela's black hair is like covering some of her face. And she kind of like pushes some of it to the side over here. You could, you could really, really. Dear, if you are cooperative and amicable and um, don't turn out to be the murderer, I will really do this for you. She eyes you up and down. Okay. All right. Um, you could question me in my room, I guess. Um, yes. Uh, who, so is, is it just me and Maxine here? Dr. Schwab is there standing behind him. Yeah. Sure. Sounds good. Um, with the phone in hand. <laughs> oh, uh, d- if you'd be more comfortable speaking without without David present, um, Doctor Schwab, would you would you stay here with David and Maxine? Would you accompany me and Angela to her room? Absolutely, yes, I think that'll work. Uh, where's Oni? I, I don't know. I don't know why she wouldn't be in the room. I, I've she's staying. She be? You didn't want to hang out with Bernice and Doris and the dead body. <laughs> No, I mean, I, th- I thought we were just like all going. Uh, I was I was going to have her ask for their phones. I mean, that's a if she interjected that before we walked away sure. with Angela, I think that would make yeah. sense. Uh, wait, uh, give me your phones. Your suspects in murder. Um, who are you? I don't have to give you my phone. I'm Constance Yang. Give me your phone. I don't know who that is. No. Can I roll something? Is that not intimidating? Do I have to keep talking? Like, she's just going to take it from him if she sees it in yeah. his pocket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I think that would be all a, I can think of. That would be something risky for sure. That would be a day move. Okay. There you go. Yes. So she she just, she sees it. Does she see it in it? Like, in his, you can usually see if it's in his, like, pants yeah. pockets. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So she just, she's just like, well, if, she, if it's clearly there, I don't think she's gonna go for it right because she's looking for one of them who doesn't have their phone sure so that was what i was asking is you are trying to see if one of them does not have their phone on them correct right basically you you are unable to see that well before this um angela goes away she's just agreed to be cooperative yeah margaret mind uh putting in a word there (laughs) You've got the most cloud right yeah, now. I mean, I was assuming she was hearing all of this because we haven't yes, left yes, the, yeah. the space yet. But um, more amicably, Angela, do you mind um, giving us your phone for? You understand? Um, yeah, it's um, it's in my room. I can give it to you when we're in there. I uh, I don't have the phone, right? You already said, <laughs> Steve. You already said that you had the phone. I had had it in my hand before. Yeah, from so. when we initially got it. Do you want it? Constance tries to like motion to like, or no, she'll, she'll just grab it out of your hand. Just like, okay, that's fine. She walks past you brusquely, grabs it out of your hand and puts it at her face. Does it unlock? Uh, it does unlock. <gasps> well, persnickets. Oh, Angela. And now you can see that, um, as it unlocked, it had a video open of 
trying to find the most amicable way to say this. Uh, it has a racy video of Angela. Like a horse race? Like a horse race, oh. yeah. Very good. For our, for our young listeners, it's a horse race. Mm, <clears throat> so that was unexpected. Yep. I, don't, I don't know what to do with this. I don't really know what to do with that. <laughs> God, this is just standing there looking <laughs> at it. <laughs> Dr. Schwab like looks over Constance's shoulder and is just like, well, there's nothing wrong with showing a little ankle now and then, but do you mind explaining this? You're very flexible. Can we please go into my room now? Why was your phone in the dead girl's room? Can we please go into my room now? Okay. Yes, Constance, please join us. Go to her room. Yes, let the educators deal with this. <sighs> okay. Good work, Oni. I'll, I'll give I'll give Margaret the phone. Oh, she's <laughs> not gonna. I said Constance, please join us. Oh, oh, uh, absolutely. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Good luck. This is gonna be fun. Oni has a way with these children, obviously. <laughs> as we as we go into the room, uh, Margaret will kind of be the last in and shut the door, and say then say to Angela, um, Mrs. Yang here will will uh, be asking you a few questions. Okay. All right. Um, Same question as before. I'm so sorry. Her face is beat red. Remind remind me of the question again. Why was your room, your phone in the dead girl's room? Oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so Mary found that video on my phone. She was using my phone to text her parents or something. She said her like data wasn't working, and she found that and she threatened to send it to David. Uh, so you and killed her. No, God, no. Why would I? No. No. Seems like a pretty good reason, didn't it? I, no, I didn't kill her. Why, why would I kill someone over something like that? I just asked her not to, not to do it. You an honor student? I'm going to be the valedictorian. You understand? I could not have something like this come out. It feels like you're agreeing with me and disagreeing with me. What do you mean? Like you agree that you felt the need that you had to do this, right? But then you're saying you didn't do it. Of course I didn't do it. When you had that conversation about with um, Mary about it, what were, did she give you any conditions for her not to share it? Ah, this is starting to sound like a medal. Okay. Uh, so, Maxine, why don't you uh, roll the meddling move and tell me what uh, what stat you're using? Um, since we're still questioning her, I'm going to say presence. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Uh, on an 11, you find a clue. The five remaining bullets for the revolver fall out of her <laughs> pocket. <laughs> Maxine, uh, you ask her if there are any conditions that Mary wanted in order to um, have this video not be shared. And 
Angela looks at you and goes, um, well, she, she told me that she had gotten a, a letter, a rejection letter from Yale and knew that I was probably going to be the valedictorian, would probably get into Yale and wanted me to convince them to let her in. Interesting. Um, did you feel like you could convince them? Um, probably. I mean, I don't really know. I've never been, I've never been to college. It's all I've ever thought about or dreamed about for, how long have I been in school? 12 years now, almost. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know, maybe... Maybe it would be something I could do. I was going to try. I couldn't let that video come to light. When did this video happen? Was it here? She gets like red and beat, beat sheep, beat red and sheepish again. Yeah, I got kind of bored the other day after one of Dr. Supermanian's lectures. I was just, I wasn't even paying attention to lecture. I was just looking at the back of David's head. I know it's weird. I know it's weird. You can stop. Okay. All right. Okay. Please, please stop. Thank you. And she just like crumples onto her bed. Do you two need anything else? Hi. (laughs) Just walk out. (laughs) You look back and she's just almost like catatonically laying on her bed, just like shocked by what has just come out. Uh, who, and so Bernice and Doris were in the room. Dr. Schwab, were you in that room or were you? Yeah. I was sitting with David. Yeah. Yeah. You were sitting with David and uh, the the three of you come out and David's just like, please tell me how much longer this is going to be. I have very important things to do. Do you even know who I am? Be quiet, you babbling insufferable loon. I don't have to stand for that at all. I'm leaving. Good luck getting through the sheriff. No, I'm just going to my room. Oh, goes to fine. His room and Do that. Shuts the door. What room were we in? You were in Angela's room. No, that. Sorry, what room were they in? The They're hallway. just like out in the hallway. The study. Uh, okay. The library. Professor Plum is there, and he's got the. Wet linguine noodle. He's got the wet linguine. All right, we all compare notes. I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. What next, ladies? We should probably turn in the gun and the phone now. Now that we've learned all we can from them. How many bullets are in the gun? Did we confirm? You pull it out, and there are no bullets left in the gun. Do we pick up the gun? Yeah, I have. I just have. Oh, we just have absolutely no respect for these crime scenes whatsoever. <laughs> no, I picked it up with like a hand- handkerchief, but I just had it. How come Miss Hendrix didn't set off this trap? She evidently didn't go very far into the room. I wouldn't expect much more of a typical innkeeper. When would be a good time to cut to Bernice and Doris back in the room with the body? I think that's a great time to cut to Bernice and Doris. Bernice and Doris, what are you doing in the room with the body? So Doris, as they're looking around, says, hmm, I hope the first thing they asked on those kids is when's the last time they saw Mary? 
We can one can only hope. And then Doris will <laughs> go to the body. <laughs> or the last time they saw their professor. <laughs> Doris will Either go one of those body. two would be a wonderful Doris, question to start Doris with. Doris will go to the body and begin to look up at the body and turn to Bernice and say, uh, Bernice, what? I was thinking of checking the body for um any signs of, um, you know, evidence of how she died. But I can't reach. Help. Bernice, like, looks at the body and then looks at her glass of wine, <laughs> and then she tries to help with that with her one good hand. She's not going to put this down. <laughs> Which way do you want me to, to Maybe her? you lift up Doris by, like, the scruff of, like, her <laughs> collar and just set her down on the body's lap. Yeah, um, how is this body situated, Justin? It is, is it- it's slumped on the, the desk chair. Oh, no, just put me on the desk. Okay. Picks her up and her on the. What kind of picks her up and kind of uses like her arm to kind of help underneath like her her armpit to kind of lift her up (laughs) while still holding the glass. Yeah. Thank you, Benny. Um. So then Doris will just begin like looking at the body, maybe moving around the head, looking at the neck, looking at anything. Why don't you meddle for me? All right. I will roll reason once again. That is a 13. That's a 13. Yoink. Yoink, you do. <laughs> Jinkies. Oh, this is so interesting. Um, You see, you're looking at the body, and um, underneath, you actually like lift up her armpit. And from underneath her armpit clatters a brass museum badge. With its pins broken. Underneath her armpit? Underneath her left armpit. Like from within the pit? From within the pit. Deep in the pit. A badge deep in the pit. A a (laughs) deep badge pit. Uh, You don't have a ton of time to pick that up though, Doris, because a smell hits you your nose and you look around and in this room is some flowers that were placed here uh, probably by the Hendrixes when you know people stay but it smells like rotting meat those should not smell like that I should know I agree for myself um, where is where are these flowers placed they're sort of on the bedside table. Doris will say, uh, Bernice, can you fetch that, um, succulent for me? So Bernice will go in and fetch it. Uh, is there anything? Is it smell? Is that where the smell's coming from? I want to be clear, Bernice, you do not smell rotting meat. It smells just like flowers to you. Okay. So, I smell it, but I don't have anything. So I just pass it on to Doris. And now with this thing in front of you, Doris, it is just overpoweringly rancid. What's wrong? Doris looks like one more big whiff. Oh dear God! Oh Lord! You don't smell that? No. Oh my! Um, she will turn back to the desk and then dump the entire pot out onto the desk. The plant and dirt comes out. Start digging through it. 
you see more dirt and you're still overwhelmed by stale rotting meat that has been left in the sun for weeks it's absolutely rancid um they don't smell anything (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's all that wine you should probably lay off a bit bernice bernice just i get a little closer to see what she means but i still don't smell anything Uh, i don't see anything either you do not see any meat hidden in the soil Mm, gross well that's that um <laughs> Probably has the Hendrix to clean up this mess. Say ta ta to Mary. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Um, Justin, uh, yes. is there are there any dolls in this room? Uh, is there any water? <laughs> is, there any- <laughs> <laughs> is there a fountain by any chance? There is. There's a fountain. Our trans-dimensional fountain maker. Um, no, there there are no dolls in this room. Okay. I want to make sure you grab that badge before we go. Yes, I'll be sure to get it. So Bernice bends over to catch to catch it, to pick it up. So uh, I'll pick up Doris. That way she doesn't have to <laughs> fall down and do yes. anything. I'm like with like Bernice herself, I'm sure she's like uses her hand, so Doris can just get her feet down on the yeah. floor then we'll walk out of the room. You walk out, and it's about this time that the others are coming out from the other room. You guys find anything right. else from the from the children? <laughs> Just that uh, there's a love triangle going on. Uh, Angela had a not so good video of herself that Mary knew about, but it sounds at least like they were at a standpoint, stand still with it. Did you find anything? This. It was a, the badge. And then uh, Bernice, <laughs> well, I hand the badge off to to Ani, and then I'll look at um, Maxine. You said love triangle. Who was the other? David liked Mary. Angela liked David. Did anyone question David? Looks at Eleanor. Well, uh, I wasn't very good at talking to him, I confess. He was also very disagreeable and and rather entitled. So I didn't uh, want to talk to him. You mean like you? Sounds exactly like She just like stares you. daggers at Bernice. Well, let's move on. We all have our strengths. <laughs> See? Just like you. Where's David now? In his room. All right. Um, so yeah, I did mention that I yes. handed off the badge to Ani, right? And it says what, Justin? Sorry. Yeah, what is it? Uh, it's just a... Uh, um, it's a brass museum badge. Just says like Museum of Brindle Dolls. But the pin it, is broken. You said it was like tucked underneath your armpit? Hmm? Peculiar. Does it seem like there's any substance on the tip of anything sharp on the badge? What a, a wonderful person to look into this. Um and it seems pretty risky, so I'm gonna let you roll the day move. Yeah, sure. What are you thinking? Let's see. Oof. I think this would have to be reason again. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Seven. Okay. You would be improperly investigating this. Yes, yeah. So any substance on this badge 
would potentially, not potentially, would infect Dr. Eleanor Schwab. Mm -hmm. Do you still want to go through with it? Regardless of the way I interact with it, yeah. Correct. Mm. Schwab looks at it carefully and says, where was this? Was this on her person? It was tucked underneath her armpits. Her left armpit. Against her armpit skin. Her pit skin. Ah, pit skin. Yes. A vulnerable place. The bloodstream. Hmm. I don't think we should touch this. We should be very careful in handling it. Perhaps we should take it home for further investigation. Um, Doris, eyes widen, looks at Bernice's hands. Looks at Bernice. What? Oh, Bernice is immune, no doubt. If, if she drank, <laughs> if she drank that party juice from before, <laughs> she's still with us. Your immune system's very strong, I imagine. Is that okay, Justin? That's my narrative way of backing out. <laughs> no, no, I love it. Okay, cool. I love it because you st- you haven't confirmed anything. <laughs> yep, yep. Right? You don't know whether or not you're just suspecting there is. So yeah. All right. Anyone have a inkling? Want to take the lead? Yeah, I'm just looking at my hand, and um, is there anything with it? Oh, where you touched like the this. badge? No. Yeah. No, nothing. Okay. Just a lethal dose of fentanyl. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. Eleanor was talking some smack. Yeah. <laughs> you. Hey, you gave me the poisonous badge. But it wasn't poisonous. We don't know that. <laughs> now we're bickering. Yeah. <laughs> ladies, ladies, if you will, um, when I um, sneaked into the uh, museum proper and looked around a bit and I saw the, you know. Are you switching into British? Drawing. He did. He's Occasionally, like he like dips into like. Uh, it's, it's very hard for me. <laughs> I don't know. My when she gets her nervous. accent changes Just let it be a thing. every Just like let it twenty happen. minutes, and I can't <laughs> help it. Okay, Doris is Doris is fine. There we go. Herself. Right. At seventy something, <laughs> it's never too late. <laughs> um, I found this, and she pulls out the um wire for doll making. Um, I never got to show you guys this. Here it what is. What is that? It's <laughs> a great question. Yes. Um, somehow, <laughs> I know that it's <laughs> a wire making dolls. I've seen it. Uh, that um, Discovery Channel show, um, How It's Made. Ah, it's a great show. Doris, you have taste. It was um, in a off-put ceiling tile above, directly above the body, or rather where it was, where the body was. (laughs) (laughs) I have my ways, and Doris winks at Puck. Sounds like we have another climber. First climbs out the window, climbs up into the ceiling. Is the climbing killer back? (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. He just climbed straight out of prison and back to Brindlewood Bay. (laughs) I kind of want a shirt that says that. Like, oh, kind of like oh, we should. <laughs> the prison just the prison just doesn't have any ceilings or roof, so we can climb out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> He's just constantly climbing out of it. The guard's like, I feel like there's something we can do to stop this. It's just a circular tube. <laughs> what is missing? There's a what floor. Is missing? Walls on either side. Don't know. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's like raining on them. <laughs> How do we keep him in here? I don't. 
don't know. I don't know. Well, I should get back to my lab. I mean, my den, of course. <laughs> Everyone just stares at Dr. Everyone just stares at Dr. Dog. I feel like you went worse, too. Like, you went from lab to den. It sounds like den a drug is, den. den is literally just a word for living room. <laughs> All right. What is, uh, what are you guys doing? David is in his room. You've talked to Angela. Can no longer talk to Mary. By talking to David. Well, we should probably ask him the last time he saw. Doris will say, what did they say when you asked them when's the last time they saw either Mary or um, the late James? We were going to ask David that. Perfect. <laughs> Why don't you go ask him, Doris? Doris. <laughs> Pitter patters. Over to um, David. David's room. <laughs> and um, she'll knock. <laughs> She knocks. You hear you hear from behind the door. Um, who is it? Doris Weber. I also don't know who that is. You'll find out once you open the door, lad. Son, sir, I'm not British. <laughs> uh, and the door the door opens and David is like looking straight out. He's like there's no- <laughs> and then he looks down and he's like you're small oh i'm sorry i haven't realized this do you have a qu- just get it over with what what I have do a number you want no depending on how you answer we'll see um when's the last time <sighs> you saw your late friend uh mary all right but don't tell the hendrixes the three of us kind of had a little soiree last night. Doris like acts baffled, like what? I know we did like a really good job cleaning it up, so you probably no could tell. Yeah, it's all my idea. <laughs> wow, good job. Please answer my question. The party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I saw her last night at the party. It was the last time I saw her. Around Mary. what time, if you remember what time it was, unless you were too. Oh my god, it was so late. I was so drunk. I don't. Uh, one, two, I don't remember. Just remember trying to convince Mary to come with me to my room and she would decline me. Can you believe that? Me. Does she know who I am? Yes, it's just baffling that a woman gets to decide what she wants to do and what she doesn't. It That's what I'm saying. Guys, mm. uh, I'm going to ask one last question. You're... This, I can't handle this any longer. Um, <laughs> When's the last time you saw Dr. James Edward before he passed? Well... It was yesterday after our lecture. Pulled me aside and told me I was going to fail his class or something like that. Was, was he acting strange at all? Or besides, you know. I mean, no, he wasn't acting, no. Wasn't going to, like, kill himself or anything. Well, this has proven to be more than useful, David. I thank you for your valuable time. My time's so valuable. So, (laughs) you're welcome. 
Mary will turn around. The dead body, Mary? Doris turns around and walks out with her face, just the other hand just on her face. <laughs> Kids these days. Dr. Schwab's right outside of the door and just like, how was it? Uh, I don't want to talk to that boy anymore. You understand now? Yes, fully. Sounds like a keeper. The sun is setting. You have now interviewed and questioned uh, Dr. Brown. You've talked to two of the three high school students because Mary is no longer with us. Uh, the only other people who have some connection to this that might be able to provide clues that you know of uh, is uh, finding Dr. Subramanian and Bill Findlay. Those might be other avenues to investigate. At this point, you do have six clues. So if you roll theorize, you're just rolling 2d6, you know, adding nothing to it. Uh, but we'll have to wait until next week to see what you all decide to do. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh man. Well, what do you, I'm curious. How are you guys? We've done two sessions now at Brindlewood Bay. How, how are you guys feeling? What do you, what do you like about this? What do you not like about it? What's been hard? It is very Absolutely. different from Avatar Legends, but it's, I do, I do enjoy it and it's fun. Yeah getting into that different rhythm and learning how to play a game that is so different and set in such like a different um, tone and pace. It's well. a lot more interpersonal. Yes. Yeah. Um, which, uh, you know, is good because that kind of vibes with the like cozy murder mystery vibe that they're pulling from, from all those TV shows. So I think it's good because it pressures us into the art of conversation a bit. Like, it's not like yeah. we can just break stuff up with, like, smashing things, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah now's a- the time where I just, like, get angry and destroy the house. Yeah, there's almost, <laughs> like, no fighting in action, for sure. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody should say, like, what they're thinking specifically, but who, like, I know I already have a theory about, like, in my head, I'm already, like, I think I know kind of yeah. who did what and in, in what order and, and i should why. say too just a reminder but, with the theorize like you can take some of these clues and say well this clue is a red herring we can explain this one out you can still then add that to your theorize role like if you can explain it out of the your, clue correct that is including the clue is saying like this was a red herring this has absolutely nothing to do with the murder at all they just store all of their doll wire in the ceiling what? above this area they just exactly no honestly <laughs> honestly steve fictionally plausible that's yeah. a great explanation yeah. for that it's that's like fun that was Horrible a weird coincidence but wire, well very fun very fun stuff um steve any any thoughts any parting words for our listeners we just hope you're having as much fun as we are and uh if you like what we're doing please uh jump into patreon and support us there we have uh, some amazing patrons already who make the show possible and we'd love to just grow and keep making more fun stuff so please hop in if you haven't and thank you if you already have thank you so much we will see you all next week for more murder mavens in the brindlewood bay bye bye Brindlewood Bay is a game written by Jason Cordova. The mystery, Lies and Dolls Are a Very Brief Tenure, was written by Sharon Biswas. Tune in next week as the heart of the void inches closer to our mavens.